to listen to the Left Traffic Podcast. What is up, Left Traffic Nation? Welcome to episode 248 of the Lap Traffic Podcast. I am your host, the Professor Brandon Crowd. It's uh, the week leading into the 4th of July holiday. So much going on. So excited. Hope you all had a great weekend. You know, we're still 11 winners and we keep adding races and not new winners. And we just have seven races to go in the regular season. How many more are we going to add to that win column? I'll get into that in just a bit. Before I get into everything, don't forget, roast the competition be the first to the finish line with five lakes angry brew angry brew is a massively caffeinated amazing tasting high octane power packed fuel to get you through the day like all day not just part of the day all day uh, so when you need a power up reach for angry brew coffee coffee with a punch go to angrybrew.com use code lapped l-a-p-p-e-d and get 10 percent off your order and hey if you've ordered something Tweet me a picture of it. Uh, I'd love to see it. So go to angrybrew.com, code lap, get 10% off, all that good stuff. All right. A weekend. Well, man, uh, you know, it's, if you guys haven't figured out, I'm, I'm pretty anal in terms of my organization level, right? Like when it comes to that, uh, might be at the OCD level. And on Sunday, I was sitting down on the couch, races were over, chilling, and I'm like, man, I just feel like there is so much we've got going on. I literally had to type up a Word document of a to-do list for all this week to get ready for the uh, party that we're having on Sunday, and just like, I feel like every weekend has something until like September and I'm, I wasn't that far off and you know once as a as someone that needs to have things in a checklist format such as myself I just felt better once I wrote out a list uh, and I feel like that's weird but I feel like there's a lot of people that might be like that. So, yeah, so I had to write out a list of everything that we got going on. And one of those things is we are throwing a big Fourth of July party this weekend. Uh, we used to do it real big with fireworks and all that. If you've been a longtime listener, you may have seen some videos or heard me talk about that. But uh, we, uh, in the old neighborhood, there were four of us. We used to take donations, do a 50 50 raffle for fireworks. And, and we'd have, man, over 200 mortars, a bunch of nine shot things. I mean, just. We'd go for an hour, and the grand finale was uh, strategically planned out, all that good stuff. Uh, if any of those pop up on my memories, I will definitely uh, throw that out there for sure. Uh, so that said, this weekend was kind of low-key, just because we are going to be nonstop pedal to the metal for the rest of the summer. Uh, hope you guys are excited and ready to celebrate and, and uh, have a great 4th of July as well. Hope you guys enjoyed last week's show with uh, Pocono Raceway. Chris uh, Hacker and a stacked show full of the e-racer competitors for the Blue Emu Firecracker 400, which kick, which is tonight. The main event is tonight. So, uh, or I'm sorry, tomorrow night, Wednesday, tomorrow. Uh, so go get over to Twitch uh, on Wednesday stay at eraser.dg and check it out uh that said tonight got quite a few people from the field uh that are they're going to be on the line uh and then some other guys that you may have heard of before such as i don't know parker Kligerman is going to be on uh we're going to talk some truck racing pocono and the uh eraser blue emu firecracker 400 so got a big show uh for you guys tonight of course you know what else would there be gonna recap talk a little pocono social media shout outs Newdorf will have the weather lucky dog lap down picks all that good stuff now 
I say all that to say last week's show had, I think, uh, eight uh, people on the show. Tonight's going to be six. Uh, and I know last week's show really went to two hours. So uh, I do not want to put back to back two hour shows out. I'm putting that out there now as I've recorded the interviews already. And that's about an hour. So, and we're at an hour for New Dollar is never short for words either. Uh, so I, I will maybe have to cut out some of the race discussion. Uh, but uh, that said, let's have some fun. Let's get things rolling. Let's get Parker Kligerman on the line. All right, Lap Traffic Nation joining me on the line, making his third appearance on the Lap Traffic Podcast. You might see him behind the 75 Henderson Motorsports in the Truck Series. You might see him on Pit Road for NBC, and you might see him on Twitch for the Eraser Blue Emu Firecracker 400. Welcome back to the Lap Traffic Podcast. It's Parker Kligerman. Parker, what's up, man? Hey, man, thanks for having me on. Yeah, we're just on the eve of the Firecracker, the second annual Blue Emu Firecracker 400, which has been a huge, uh, you know, couple weeks of of effort amongst our whole team and all the drivers and competitors, over 425 competitors, and we middled it down to the top 43, including Dale Earnhardt Jr., and uh, I'm just excited to see who's going to be able to come out on top and who's going to survive the uh, all 400 miles to uh, you know become the champ and maybe if Nick Ocken, Nick Ottinger can uh, go and get that twenty thousand dollar prize that'd be pretty nuts as well. You know it's funny I I talked to him earlier and you know he's taken the challenge of course you know but we saw what happened for for that at the Carnomaly 500 so he said he's going to just hang out and ride in the back with Dale Jr. for a little bit and that might be cool enough for him if it happens again. <laughs> It's a good strategy. You know what? So I, I think that's definitely a better strategy because when you have that big of a prize on offer, you know, I think you, uh, you do everything you can to let the field whittle itself down before you have to make that, you know, drive through it. So I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't give as much as I think, I think highly of all our competitors and their skill level to make the top 43. I don't know if I would take the risk of letting them decide by fate. So I like that strategy. Absolutely, one hundred percent. All right, man. Listen, let's uh, let's talk about uh, truck series ride a little bit here. You guys have had some solid top tens, fifteens this year. Uh, you know, I know it's a part time gig and all that with with uh, the seventy five crew, but uh, you know, w- when can we expect to see a next in the truck, and and how are things going from the truck perspective? Yeah, so we uh, we've had a good year. We've, I mean, Darlington would have been great. Uh, but the problem with Darlington is we blew it right front tire, fourth place, going for fourth place, and I think we would have had a shot to win that one late in that race. So that was really disappointing. Um, and then we, uh, you know, at Coda we got spun out of sixth place or fifth place with eight laps to go, which was disappointing. So I think we finished wise. We haven't shown what we could do, you know, as a team, and I think, you know, that's been a little frustrating. But our performance has been really good, and we brought a new sponsor on at Nashville. Uh, with fast checkout, which was awesome. And we sold a ton of $5 hoodies, which was really cool. Um, and I think, you know, just a lot of positive momentum of what we're doing there. So we had a new truck at Nashville. Um, that was new for us. It's, uh, from a bigger team, but it's, it's not quite brand new, but it was, uh, we had some teething issues with it and to figure out, I still think we probably would have finished eh, six to eight, but we got kind of rooted out on one of the late race restarts and ended up finishing where we did. So it's, uh, it's finish wise. We just haven't been able to get those, but performance wise, I think we were as good as ever, if not better. 
And, uh, you know, it's, it's fun to go to the racetrack, you know, I've got a shot to win and, you know, we've got one, one full-time employee with Chris Carrier. And so when we can do that, it feels pretty awesome to, you know, go up against those big teams and, and know that we can challenge and possibly get in victory lane. Absolutely. I, I mean, and it's visible. You know, I know the fans see it on social media. Uh, you know, it just in terms of when, when you get in the truck, uh, watch out for Parker Kligerman. You, I mean, the, the Lap Traffic Fantasy League, if, you know, there's about 150 players in it, and we pick for all three series. And you've been picked multiple times when you're in the field. So people know <laughs> that if you're in the truck, that, that things can happen. So uh, I know the fans pick up on that. Um, talk about Nashville in terms of, you know, what was it like running the track, the atmosphere? Like, I mean, there was a lot going on, you know, what, could, could, could you start to feel the energy and the vibe that, that things are getting back to normal a little bit when you guys went to Nashville? Oh man, a hundred percent. That was one of the coolest weekends I've had in my whole NASCAR career. That's awesome, um, man. Just you know, the vibe, you know, it kind of started in Austin earlier this year. You felt it kind of there when we were in Austin. That was a really cool event. The town is cool. You know, it wasn't quite as NASCAR crazed, you know, as Nashville, but and that's what really surprised me is when we got to Nashville, you know, if you just felt from the time you stepped off the plane to you went downtown, you were on Broadway, wherever, that like everyone there knew there was a race in town or the race was the topic or the race was the reason they were there, you know? And so that's just a really cool vibe. And then the crowds were big. The racing was great. Um, I think, you know, the track widened out in an awesome amount. And all those things combined, you know, made for a weekend that just for me. And then also, you know, for me, bringing on a new partner in Fast Checkout, it was just one of those weekends I'll never forget. And I think uh, Dale Jr. said it best, you know, with the fairgrounds possibly coming online, I think there's no doubt in my mind that you could have the Nashville Super Speedway and the fairgrounds on the same calendar year and have two awesome events because that city is booming. It loves NASCAR. We love it. And I think uh, I think the two are a match made in heaven. So that was awesome. You know, pit reporting, you could just tell the vibe. It just it was an overall just awesome weekend, and I can't wait for uh, – you know, NASCAR just to continue to be more entwined with that city and, and all that's happening there. And, you know, we saw that back in uh, 2019, we did the burnout Boulevard and the, the banquet there and everything. And I, yeah. I helped uh, Kelly Stavis host the burnout Boulevard for NBC and it was fun. And there was a huge crowd and I was just like, wow, this town loves racing. Um, and then actually this past, you know, past time we were there, I was out on a Saturday night and I met like these, this, I ran this group of girls that were like, you know, their mid twenties and they were all there for the race. And I was like, this, what is happening here? This doesn't know. They should be here for, for a, a you know, bridal party. party or whatever. Yeah. And, and they're here for the race. And I was like, this is awesome. So I, I just thought it was very cool. That's very cool awesome. City. That's so cool, man. Uh, what'd you think of the Pocono double this weekend? I mean, uh, uh, racing was great we had two different races at the same track on opposite days you know it was it was really cool i thought yeah so i gotta i'll have to admit i have to catch a plan uh i was at walking the port the the pilot race on saturday six hours sunday so i haven't caught the races yet i was just about to watch them here tonight but I saw, you know, what I could on Twitter, even while I was, I'll, you know, I'll let you in the inside secret, even while I was pit reporting the IMSA race, I was checking the NASCAR. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> don't tell my bosses. I won't. But I, won't. I uh, Secret's safe here. Yeah. But I, uh, I, you know, it looked like an awesome, you know, some good races. Obviously, with the uh, race was 
then the fuel mileage race in the second one was that was awesome. So um, I uh, I'm glad to see it. It looked like there was a big crowd and. Look, I, I think there's so much positivity and momentum and just a newfound uh, enthusiasm around NASCAR right now. And, you know, just the, the decisions that will be made, the, the, the schedule changes, the, you know, idea that the cost is coming down. I just think there's a there's a lot of positives in the in the NASCAR and really motorsports in general right now um, corner, but it just it's so obvious with NASCAR and the Cup Series and just seeing the uh, seeing the enthusiasm of fans showing up and it's really cool to see. Absolutely, I'm with you there 100 percent for sure. All right, you mentioned it. You know, NBC. You know, h- h- how much sleep does one get when you're you're driving a truck, finding sponsorships for a truck? pit reporting for NBC and putting together a massive three week I racing events. Like, I mean, there's, <laughs> there has got to be little time for anything with, with that kind of schedule right now. Yeah. You're on my day off right now. Right. So <laughs> this is my, this my, no, there's no such thing. So yeah, it's tough. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, you just got to uh, try to find the priorities in each day. And, and I think the, you know, so many of the things I do were to get, you know, when I did the TV thing, it was to find a way to grow my profile to be driving more, you know, those sorts of things. E-Racer to me is about, uh, you know, helping the sim racing world build a stronger connection and show the motorsport world what it can do for motorsports. Um, you know, I think so many of these things, thankfully, are entwined around motorsports. So that, that makes it easy. You know, if it was it was five or six things that had nothing to do with each other. That would be a lot. That would be really tough, but sure. thankfully they all kind of center around motorsports. And so that's, uh, that makes it possible. And then also, you know, just a lot of people I, I, that I work with, I think that makes, you know, being able to do multiple things possible. I've got an incredible crew chief at Henderson motorsports with Chris carrier and great owners there and the Henderson family, you know, an e-racer between Landon and Joshua Mendoza and our whole team of Chris Hannell and everyone on board there. Blake McCandless, uh, AJ Henderson, all the people that work with us hand in hand, Kyle Dagger um, on the e-racer events, you know, they make it possible. So that all makes all this possible. And of course, the great group I work with NBC. So it, uh, I, I used to hear all the time, Roger Penske would, you know, whenever he was asked about any success he had, he said, it's all about the people. And I never really understood that until you get to a position where you, you obviously are doing multiple things that require to be working on it and helping you and, and working hand in hand and suddenly you realize wait if you've got great people these things work and they happen and they they're big successes so um i think that's uh that's the biggest thing is that i just i work with a lot of great people across all those things and it makes it possible to do it i love that that's awesome man uh all right let's uh do this man all right we got nick on the pole we've seen nick on the pole before we're, we're, we're running the 87s on an older daytona track you know what are we gonna see uh on wednesday night man Oh, your guess is as good as mine. If it's, uh, you know, the, the cool thing was in the prelims, we had some of the longest green flag runs we've seen in, in, uh, in the firecracker 400 history, which was cool. We almost made it to green flag pit stops a couple of times, which was unheard of when you start with over 425 competitors sure. and, uh, all different varying skill levels. That was cool. I think, you know, one thing is this track and what we've seen in qualifying is it is not easy. You know, you can trim these cars out, you can make them really loose and they'll go fast, but that is not easy to handle. And the bumps are big. The cars drive super realistic because Dale Jr. and iRacing did an incredible job of, of, you know, tweaking them to make them even more realistic than last year. The, you know, the racing looks really like 
a mix of modern day racing versus what we saw back in the day where you kind of got single file and that sort of thing up top higher grooves. So I think that's cool. And then, of course, if you've been watching anything of the, the last couple of weeks, the wrecks are huge and the damage model is insane. So you will see parts everywhere, wheels going off the place, uh, flips, tumbles. We, we had one flip during the prelims that I think is still happening at this moment. So <laughs> it never wanted to end. Some good um, so virtual all, sheet metal for some collectors out there, right? <laughs> yeah, all of it, man. It's going to be crazy. So it's. Uh, I just think this is – there's the funny thing for me in Landon is, you know, we really wondered going into the second time doing this event, you know, would it have the same level of enthusiasm? Would it have the same level of, you know, people that wanted to participate or would it, you know, be like, eh, that was fun the first time, but we're not really into it this year. And we have been absolutely blown away at how much bigger this year has been from the, you know, the signups being, you know, a hundred more basically um, to the viewership, to the, the, the hashtag right now, firecracker 400 hashtag on Twitter last year during the event, we got like something around eight and a half million impressions. And this year right now, I think we're at like 18 million impressions and we haven't even got to the main event. That's awesome. Um, you know, the, the sponsors getting involved, all the drivers that have been involved tweeting about it. I was at Watkins Glen this weekend for IMSA had three separate groups walk up to me and say, Hey man, I'm, you know, talk to me about, I'm going to be watching. Oh, I wanted to enter. I wish I could have been a part of it this year. You know, that, that was so cool. So it's been amazing to see this event grow and, uh, I can't wait for Wednesday night. Um, and then, you know, handing out a bunch of money and, and rewarding the winners and, and, uh, seeing some awesome racing and then getting to work on the third annual the next day. That's so awesome. I, I think this event is here to stay. That's great, man. All right, listen. The fans are asking. The fans want to know: Are we going to see a short track event uh, with the E-Racer <laughs> series? <laughs> we'll see. I uh, I think you know what we found is that the Super Speedway slash Speedways just put on the best you know event of this size, scale, and magnitude. You know, if we go to Places like that, it's a little bit tougher to put on something of this scale and, and you know, to provide a, a show that we know can be very entertaining for the viewers that, you know, helps us garner the sponsorship. So I think it would have to be the right event. Um, and it has to be an event that we feel like, you know, can live past one time. You know, if you look at our events, we've got the Carnomic 500, which most definitely will live on the next year. Uh, you know, obviously the firecracker 400 is becoming an annual event. The landing castle qualifying challenge is an annual event. So we have an idea for a fourth event that we think would be really unique and it could incorporate short tracks and that sort of stuff. Um, but we're, uh, we're not quite there on unveiling it yet. So stay tuned. Fair enough. You heard it there. Yeah. All right, Parker, uh, plug the event where people can watch and where everybody can keep up with you on social media. Yeah, I'm always following me on at P. Kligerman. That's across all socials. And then, of course, 8 p.m., twitch.tv, eraser underscore GG is our Twitch channel. That's where the broadcast will be. You'll see it all over our socials, landings, everyone's. Um, it'll be all. It'll be everywhere. And, of course, you might want to tune in a bit earlier than 8 p.m., though, because we have quite the pre-race show coming together um, that I think will blow people's minds and we'll actually, it's going to be so big, I think we're going to release the entire thing uh, on YouTube after the event. So it's more of a documentary of sorts than just your normal pre-race show. So definitely 
catch. Uh, we'll be teasing that, and be sure to tune in for that. I love the teaser. All right, man. Listen, great to catch up with you. Uh, I hope you. I I, I know it's going to be a great event on Wednesday night. It's been awesome to be a part of it, and I'm looking forward to having you, Landon, and the winner on for next week. Awesome. Look forward to it. Thanks for having me on, buddy. And uh, yeah, can't wait to see who that is. Awesome. All right, Lap Traffic Nation. Huge thanks to Parker Clickerman. Man, great to talk to you. We'll we'll catch you soon, brother. All right. See you, buddy. Oh, Lap Traffic Nation. Great to catch back up with Parker Kligerman. So excited for the Blue Emu Firecracker 400 tomorrow. All right. Let's talk a little Pocono. My goodness. I mean, five races, three days, perfect weather in the Poconos. Like, could we have asked for anything more? We had the Arca race. We had the trucks. We had the Xfinity race and two cup races. Oh, so happy for the track, the fans, the sport, everybody. Just an incredible weekend. Uh, if you were there, I know a lot of you were. I got so many tweets of people with their koozies at the track, which I just absolutely love. That means the world to me when I see that. It's so awesome. I had a bunch of requests for new koozies this week, so I, I probably mailed out about 10, which is awesome. If you want a koozie, all you got to do, go to the website, thelabtrafficpodcast.com, fill out the contact page, and I will get one out to you. Shameless plug a little early. Anyways, truck race, man. I mean... This has got to be just going off memory here. What, the fifth or sixth truck race this year where John Hunter and Kyle book? Well, it can't be six because Kyle's limit, Kyle is limited to five. So let's call it fourth or fifth there where it's been John Hunter and Kyle Bush at the end. John Hunter coming out on top ahead of the boss man, uh, which was awesome. Great to see that finish there. Great to see Tyler Ankrum with a top five. He's needed that. I mean, he's on the outside looking in. You know, a couple years ago had that breakthrough win at Kansas uh, and just kept hoping that things would, uh, you know, improved there's been some glimpses of hope and all that definitely a talented truck driver love the guy uh you know just hasn't been able to put a solid string together so this is what he's going to need is a couple more of these top fives to point his way in potentially here as, as we get going on uh austin hill with a top five finish, he's had such a quiet, quiet season. I mean, he's third in points in the standings, but you wouldn't know it just if you were like, hey, where's Austin Hill at? Uh... I don't know, top 10 maybe, you know, he's just been quietly hanging around, you know, picking up top fives, top tens, uh, and just quietly pointing his way through this thing. Definitely looking to see him hopefully pick up a win here as well. And then, of course, there is the just, I don't know what's going on. Johnny Sauter, man, you know, it's it's going on two years now of just an inability uh, to get any type of momentum going. It's got to be so frustrating like just knowing like all right what next is going to happen and I just it, it's brutal. I feel so bad for him and man you just want to see him put like hey a top 10 would be a solid day for that team right now and that's not what we're used to saying when we look back across Johnny Sauter's career in terms of what you know top three top five that's that's a good day you know wins expected so to speak you know and that's just not where we're at with johnny sauter right now so uh great truck race uh really enjoyed it i, th I you know I was talking with uh, Briar Star, a couple other people. You know, the 
everything, like I said, was so flawless this weekend. You know, I thought the lengths of all the races was perfect, uh, except for the truck race. I just thought that was a little too short. You blinked, and as big a track as Pocono is, you blinked, and you felt like stages one and two were over. Uh, I think they could have stretched that one out a smidge. I get time with Cup and all that kind of stuff, but, uh, man, it would have been nice to see maybe an extra... I don't know, 40 or 50 miles added to the truck race for sure. Uh, I saw someone pointed out on Twitter, not sure who it was. Someone's like, why is an ARCA race longer than a truck race? And, and you know, that's just, that's a great point there. So anyways, oh, can you believe this? There are only two truck races left before the playoffs. Uh, we got a little break here before our next truck race, July 9th at Knoxville. Man, that's, that's going to be a fun one on Friday night, July 9th for sure. Uh, all right. Over to the Xfinity series, you know, I mean, what can't Austin Cindric do? Uh, you know, you got Ty Gibbs up there in second, who is up there battling for the lead as well. Uh, you know, Ty is is causing a stir out there. You know, saw it on social media, saw it on the track, right? Which is what led to what we saw on social media. And you know, I you know I like it. You know, it, it's a product of Joe Gibbs racing. You know, uh, going out there, beating and banging, and not taking crap from anybody, and maybe dishing things out that you know what? Hey. Maybe you're going to get a payback coming your way from somebody. But, you know, Kyle Busch don't mind that, you know, and, and Ty Gibbs for his age and the skill level he's showing is is just impressive. Does he have some things to learn a little bit? Absolutely. You know, and who am I to criticize, right? I'm sitting in my basement, not in a car. Um, but anyways. Another great performance by him. Justin Allgaier, Noah Gregson, A.J. Allmendinger, the heavy hitters up there. Daniel Hemrick, you know, man, when is this guy going to get to that victory lane? You know, second place, stage one, just can't, you know, he's getting closer. You know, it was top tens. Now it's some more consistent top fives. He finished sixth uh, at Pocono. But, you know, he's creeping his way up there. He just needs to reverse it. He's having great starts, can't get the finish. You know, maybe he needs to start 17th and, and he'll close one of these damn things out here you know who knows um but you know when we look at the standings just like the truck series you know john hunter nemechek pulling away uh you know more than doubled uh in terms of playoff points to second place ben rhodes you know not go back to trucks here for a second you know you, you look at thor sport ben rhodes won the first two races they've all been quiet since then you know uh one stage win and and that's basically it grant enfinger's got a stage win uh but he's not even in the playoff hunt because he's not full time you know so uh it, it's crazy to think just how thor's dropped off you know and everyone else has been really quiet because it's either kyle bush or john hunter nemechek you know and and as things heat up in the playoffs with kyle bush not in the trucks or the xfinity series you know that's really going to lead to some more interesting and even more exciting races which that's uh something to really look forward to you know, going back to the Xfinity series, uh, you know, same thing. You know, you got Austin Cindric with 27, AJ Allmendinger with 13. You know, he's got that covered, you know, in half already, which is just crazy to think. Um, you know, we got Road America coming up, a couple other road courses. You know, be nice to see if, man, Jeremy Clements couldn't close one of these out. You know, he's on the outside looking. In, no, I'm sorry, he's inside. He's up a spot. You know, uh, you got Brandon Brown, Myatt Snyder, Jeremy Clements. Uh, all there towards the bottom, uh, but a close points battle. You know, I, I went off for weeks last year and how there just wasn't a playoff battle in the Xfinity series last year. And that gap has definitely closed. Uh, and if you were to throw in the fact of, excuse me, if Josh Berry and Ty Gibbs were 
you know, competing for the championship. Uh, and, and we're going to have those full-time rides, you know, those guys would even be making this even more interesting. So I love that the Xfinity series has really closed that gap because it just felt like, yeah, you had your top 12 and then 13th wasn't even anywhere near it. So I love that that's closed up there for sure. All right. Over to the Cup Series. My gosh. All right. Saturday. Who would have thought, man? Kyle Larson looking like he was going to close another one out, pick up four in a row, and just, man, last lap, cuts the tire up the wall, and is still able to limp around and finish ninth. Just what a heartbreak. Um, you know, and hey, that happens to the best of them. We've seen that happen to Kyle Busch. We've seen it happen to Kevin Harvick. We've seen it happen to Denny Ham. You know, we've seen everybody lose one on the last lap. And if someone's losing it on the last lap, that means someone's got to win it on the last lap. And we've seen Kevin Harvick steal one, Kyle Busch steal one, you know. And it was Alex Bowman, right place, right time to pick up the win, which is just awesome. Just adding to the HMS dominance of the year. Uh, Kyle Busch finishing second in race one, picks up the win race two uh and, and just incredible weekend of racing in the cup series two completely different style races uh which was awesome fuel mileage races you know it felt like we used to get a ton of those you know five six years ago we just don't see them like that anymore and to have a shorter race with a fuel mileage race uh i think is incredible you know with the way the pitch strategies were working out two stops three stops you know and the way the cautions fell it just played into a fuel mileage strategy, and I loved every second of that. I know a lot of you guys did as well, um, and, and it was just incredible to see. You know, and like I said at the start of the show, you know, we're, we're down to just, what, is it seven races to go, and we've got a bunch of guys in the top 16 without wins. Denny Hamlin, points leader, only by two points over Kyle Larson, uh, is still winless. Kevin Harvick, mid-pack, something we're not used to. To seeing over these last few years winless uh you know we got austin dillon not you know do we expect austin dillon to go out and pick up three wins a year no but he's been picking one up here or there you know so austin dillon in 12th with rcr showing some better speed over the last few years uh you know same thing with his teammate tyler riddick they're winless sitting there kurt bush is winless chip ganassi you know maybe they're starting to show some stuff uh you know we saw ross chastain uh, you know, finished pretty well uh, a couple weeks ago, you know, so it's just a matter of, of you know, Time is running out. Time is of the essence. You know, we, we've we got the wild card with Daytona for race 26. You know, it, it's going to be interesting. You know, we do have got a couple. You know, we got Michigan coming up. Uh, road America, new road course for these guys. Uh, you know, can somebody maybe have something for Truex, Chase Elliott, or Denny Hamlin this weekend. Uh, I think it would be awesome to see if we could add that 12th uh, race winner this weekend at Road America. I think that would be absolutely awesome. Uh, all right. I'm going to leave it with that just because so much more to fit in here. Uh, let's get uh, the name may ring a bell to you guys. He's running in the uh, eraser uh, blue emu firecracker. 400 there we go sorry uh tomorrow night uh and he's raced in trucks he's raced in arca uh it's landon huffman all right lap traffic nation joining me on the line making his first appearance on the lap traffic podcast he'll be starting in the race tomorrow night which i am very excited about uh you've seen him in some stuff in nascar he's he's run the truck series uh and all that good stuff and and he's got a lot going on welcome to the lap traffic podcast landon huffman landon what's going on man how are you 
Hey, man, I'm happy to be here. I appreciate you uh, having me on. Excited to talk a little bit of racing, Firecracker 400, and whatever else we get into here. Yes, sir. I mean, we can hit some ditches if we need to. <laughs> um, well, listen, man, let, let's start off with uh, w- with what you've got going on, man. So it's been a minute since we've uh, seen you strap in in an actual uh, one of NASCAR's big series. So uh, w- what's been going on from a, a, a real track perspective with you? I've been doing a lot of short track racing. That's my grass or that's my roots. And, you know, what we do with windshield deep and, and our podcast and our content brand through short track racing, we're all about the, the local short track scene. So I've been blessed to have multiple opportunities here this year to drive a couple of different race cars. I've driven for GMS. I'm actually racing uh, the GMS late mile stock car at Tri-County Motor Speedway this weekend. I uh, raced for them once at Hickory and Dylan Hauser and the DHR guys, um, here out of Hudson, they've been very, very, uh, helpful with me and I've got an opportunity to run their race car a few times and Jason Smith racing. I've been, I've been jumping all over the place this year, but I've gotten a lot of opportunities to race and that's cool. Uh, a lot of it's been generated from, you know, money that I found online and just opportunities that have arose from the iRacing Twitch scene and all that good stuff. So it's been keeping me busy. Um, as far as the, the big NASCAR stuff, I, in 17 and 18, I was spotting full time and I was you know, getting a couple opportunities to race in the truck series for Mike Mittler. Uh, in 19 was the last time I'd made some truck starts. I filled in for Spencer Boyd over at Young's when he uh, got injured. So that's really the last time I've been in a truck. But like I said, I have been staying busy racing at the likes Hickory Motor Speedway, Tri-County Speedway uh, here in North Carolina, and then hopefully going to get to travel around and race a few other tracks here towards the end of the year. That's awesome, man. Love to hear that. That's so cool. You know, you mentioned about like kind of support online and all that kind of stuff it's crazy uh the the fan support behind you know what you can generate from a social media perspective and all that whether it's from a sponsor whether it's fans just throwing some money you know just to help they just love to see people get an opportunity to race which is which is incredible yeah i've I've talked about this numerous times on my stream and um you know kind of when i was chasing the nascar deal full-time you know, it was a lot. It was beating me down and, you know, it's just stressful trying to find money, especially if you don't have any. So, you know, I know Parker and Landon do it every day and they're on the grind, you know, trying to find money to go race because that's what it takes, especially at that level. And well, at any level really, but at that level, it's obviously more important. Um, and you know, it was just, it was a lot on me. It was taking the fun out of racing for me. Sure. And, you know, I was at a point where I didn't know if I wanted to do it anymore. And then, you know, now I've gotten opportunities to come back and race at a local level. And I've kind of found my passion for it again. And then I started streaming full time during COVID because there really wasn't nothing else to do. And it's led to opportunities with my Twitch stream. And now I've been able to pursue content creation full time, which, like I said, you know, has led to me getting more seat time in the real cars. So it's kind of just all played a factor in leading to more opportunities in a race car and and i could not be more thankful for that i have a great twitch community right now Uh, we have a cool thing going with windshield deep and it's just you know allowed me to do what i love and kind of created a new passion for me as far as finding a new love for racing where i thought that it might have been or might might have started dwindling on me that's awesome renewed love i love it talk a little bit about the the esports um uh total advantage that you created yeah about well, I guess two years ago now, um, I was trying to get into esports. I felt like obviously it was a rising industry, and 
I felt like I could bring something different to the table with a combination of the NASCAR side of things that I was chasing at the time. And, and I had jumped full fledged into call of duty as far as, uh, managing a team and assembling a team and all that good stuff. We were traveling around to big money call of duty events. I traveled to Minnesota, uh, traveled to Texas. Um, we were going all over the United States there before COVID. And then kind of when COVID happened, our investor, my little investor deal I had going, uh, sort of went to the wayside. So I had to figure out a different plan with TA or total advantage. And so I got into iRacing pretty heavy, which I had had an iRacing background uh, back when I was 15, 16 years old. I was a part of what is now the Coke series. Back then it was the Drivers World Championship. And, um, you know, so I had an extensive iRacing background already. And I'd been away from the sim for probably seven, eight years. So hopping back into it was a little bit of a learning curve, sure. but it was also kind of like riding a bike. You know, I got back into it and I, I was actually really happy to see a lot of the same people that I raced with back in 2011, 2012, still on the game and still active in the sim community. So that was really cool. I got to reunite with a lot of old friends and, and see a lot of old names and faces and uh, kind of ha it has now spiraled into what is total advantage today, which uh, we no longer do anything with, you know, the first person shooter genres. We're pretty much significant or pretty much only I racing. Uh, we have a total advantage Academy, which is a little coaching program that I do that involves only the short track stuff on the sim right now. We have super late models, uh, legends, cars, modified, both tour and the SK. So basically we, we host practice sessions. It's, it's more of a community style deal, but we also provide, it was, it was an alternative to set up shops because I noticed that they were kind of, in my opinion, ripping off people in the iRacing sim. So I provided an alternative to that, and it's been doing really, really well. Uh, we also have, you know, we had, I think, five drivers in the Pro Series last year. Uh, we had three, I think, trans two or three transfer into uh, from Road to Pro to Round 2. So we're still very active and uh, just trying to build the name and have a good time doing it. That's awesome. So, yeah. So, you know, as you know, I, I did the event for, for Landon and Parker with the Carnomaly event and, and with the Blue Emu Firecracker event, uh, you know, just getting the feel from people, you know, in terms of, you know, how are you getting your setups? Are, are, is it trial and error on your own? Uh, are you throwing some big bucks at, at you know, so some other people's ways, you know, third parties? And so here's a new way for, for people to go and and get some setup help is is through uh your twitch community which is that's that's really cool so uh that kind of leads me to where i was going to go next you know so talk a little bit about you know your prep is as far as the the events coming up you know talk a little bit about your prelims qualifying you know starting 39th but uh what do you got for the field <laughs> we got a long ways to go but <laughs> I'm, I'm just excited for it, man these events are really cool parker and landon do an excellent job they uh they put on a fantastic show. The broadcast is killer. You know, they got great personalities in the booth along with them with David Shieldhouse, uh, McCandless, which is obviously in the race. So he's not going to be able to be as involved with the actual broadcast as he was with the prelims. But uh, just a very cool event. You know, I love the 87 cars. I'm a big vintage person. So anytime I can feel like I'm a part of the 80s, late 80s, early 90s NASCAR era, then I'm going to do it. So um, just a, just an all around cool uh deal for the community i mean this is what the iRacing community lives for is events like this and when there's big money on the line it, it feels even more real for for everyone so just excited to be a part of it uh thankful that 
you know, I've gotten this far. The prelims were crazy. Uh, we, we pretty much had an uneventful prelim compared to some of the other ones, but I was able to stay up front in my race and stay out of trouble and didn't even have to use a, a reset in hours. So oh, nice. it worked out well. Uh, as far as setup stuff goes, now we total advantage guys, which really it's just me, Sean Butler, and uh, I guess me and Sean Butler are really the only two people representing total advantage in, in the 400. But uh, we do everything through Dead Zone Racing. So Dead Zone has a excellent, they're a Coke Series setup team. Uh, they also help us with our Road to Pro stuff. But they have excellent setup builders. Kevin McAdams put a lot of time into our setup. Uh, Dustin Linger at Houston Hammer. Everybody's been working really hard over at Dead Zone to give us something that's competitive. And uh, I have no doubt in my mind that we're we're all going to be very, very fast. I think we have like 10 or 11 drivers in, in the 400. So I'm excited for that. They've been putting in a lot of work. We'll just have to see what happens when the green flag drops because I know it's going to be wild. We're probably going to have, you know, if if past trends play a factor, we're probably going to have some long green runs, probably going to have green flag pit stops, probably going to have a portion of the race that's nothing but carnage. So <laughs> it's going to be about surviving, and I have no doubt in my mind the setup's going to be good. It's just uh, it's down to the driver at that point. <laughs> so funny how it always seems to be that way, isn't it? <laughs> Um, listen, talk a little bit about, you know, did, uh, you mentioned, you know, this big money event from an iRacing perspective, you know, uh, how is this going to change the game uh, from from Landon and Parker's perspective in terms of doing these, you know, they, they did the Carnomaly event in February, they got this one in July, you know, as this community continues to build, um, you know, talk a little bit further as to how big this is from the iRacing community from a com competition standpoint and where you maybe see this going down the road. I think they're onto something for sure. You know, we we did a couple money events through Windshield Deep uh, that were super late model races, and I learned a lot doing that. And what Parker and Landon are doing are on a much larger scale than what we did it on. And I have, you know, I know what it took to run my event, so I have nothing but respect for them <laughs> for putting this event on. It's a lot of work, a lot of organization, um, a lot of management, and it takes, it's it's not just a couple people involved. It takes a lot of people, an entire team to put these events on. And that's one thing that Parker and Landon have done an excellent job and David Shieldhouse. They've done a really good job of, uh, you know, putting together the right team to make it run smoothly and as far as the money goes, I see this, you know, being a, a trend for the future. I feel like these money events provide excitement for the community. It also gives people something to drive for. I think when you're comparing sim racing to the other esports of the world, especially the other genres that are at the top, you know, top of the food chain, first person shooters and that type of thing, you know, there's always money on the line. So if they want sim racing to be a larger I guess, or have a larger influence in that aspect of esports, they're going to have to put money on the line. And the Coke series does that. But what we haven't seen in the past is very, very well ran community events and quote unquote community. It's not an iRacing put on event. So Parker and Landon obviously are doing this, you sure. know, with their own company. So I guess that is what would be considered a community event versus an iRacing event or a Coke series type event. But um, I think these community events are going to be a big part of the growth of iRacing as an eSport alongside what we have as the Coke series or the other pro series. So um, as long as they're done correctly and ran and organized well, then they're going to be successful. And Parker and Landon are doing an excellent job at that. Um, I'm sure once we get through the 400, they're going to have 
another one bigger and better plan for the next one, <laughs> whether it's another car anomaly or something of that nature. I'm sure they'll put together something on a much larger scale every t- every single time we, we come back and do this. I love it. I love it, man. All right, let's wrap with this, man. Uh, what did you think of Pocono weekend this past weekend? Uh, surprisingly, I thought the races were actually pretty good. I'm, I'm a short track guy, so (laughs) I'm, I'm very, I'm very old school. Um, I'm a small blade, uh, big motor, small blade guy. Um, I don't know. I mean, I I thought that for the package, you know, I hate the package, Uh, but yeah, I know. I thought that (laughs) we all do. (laughs) Yeah. I hate to beat a dead horse. I mean, I I think outside of, outside of that, I thought the races were actually good. I mean, they were entertaining. A fuel mileage race is always fun. So I think that I, I hate to say it, but lucked out. I think NASCAR kind of lucked out that the races were that good. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I don't for know. Sure. I, just, I mean, I, I'm with you. I, I mean, uh, we've seen, we've seen, uh, you know, and I love Pocono, uh, and, and Pocono's grown on me over the years. Uh, you know, I mean, we, we've seen a couple snoozers over there, but uh, you know, the last few years, Pocono is is really kind of. You know, it's not like they've done anything differently, but you know, I, I think it's it's been a lot more entertaining racing at Pocono over the last few years. Yeah, I don't disagree. I think it was definitely better than it's a lot better than what we've had this year for the most part when it comes to the high downforce package. So I think that I'd rather see them race short tracks, but I think as far as this weekend goes, it was it wasn't bad. It wasn't a bad show. I love it. I love it. All right, man. Well, listen. Uh, give a shout out to any of the sponsors on the car tomorrow night, and where everybody can follow you and keep up with what you got going on on social media. Yeah, that's one thing I haven't talked about uh, real quick. But obviously, like I said, I'm a short track person. We preach short tracks only through our windshield deep. Uh, podcast and our content brand and uh, i'm very happy that langley speedway is actually going to be on on my race car for the 400 we got together a really nice paint scheme and uh vaughn over there the promoter at langley he's doing an excellent job of interacting with our race community the sim community and they're doing an excellent job promoting their racetrack in general so it's very cool to have them on board um, i'm going to be doing some cool stuff with their social media here over the next day or two and uh, just just happy to have Langley uh, be a part of Parker and Landon's event, too. I think that's a step in the right direction. I mean, you know, w- what better way to uh, represent short tracks than to do it at a super speedway? Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love it. So, uh, just thank you to to Langley, to Parker and Landon, uh, Mendoza, Shieldhouse, everybody that's a part of uh, this e-racer deal. They do an excellent job. Uh, thank you to Dead Zone Racing for all the hard work on our setups. Kevin McAdams, Houston Hamer, Dustin Linger. Everybody that works hard over there, and uh, I don't know, I'm just excited to get going, man. I, I appreciate you having me on. This was this was fun, cool little segment, and uh, yeah, we'll see what happens come Wednesday night. I love it, man. Well, thank you so much. Uh, listen, good luck tomorrow night, and hey, if you win this thing, you're going to be back on with Landon and Parker. So uh, best of luck, and, and maybe we'll talk to you uh, over the next week or so, man. Sounds like a plan, brother. I appreciate it. All right, man. We'll talk to you soon. Sir. Yeah. All right, great to talk to Landon. Uh, all right, let's do a little Laugh Traffic social media. Everybody, make sure you check out the website, thelaughtrafficpodcast.com, Facebook Laugh Traffic Podcast, YouTube Laugh Traffic Podcast, TikTok, Twitch, Instagram, Twitter, all at Laugh Traffic PC. If you've made it this far into the show, 
go ahead, leave a review. Would greatly appreciate it. Tell your friends to go follow, go listen. Uh, and speaking of followers, some new followers, Mackenzie, Wow Woody's at Wow Woody's Kenzie, Big Mopar Girl. Welcome to the show. Andy at Andy Jankowiak, driver and owner in the Arca series. And Josh at Josh Wynn, weird kid from Jersey who likes to watch cars go round in circle. Hey, don't we all? And don't forget to go to angrybrew.com. Use code LAP to get 10% off your order. And as I mentioned earlier, if you want some stickers and a free koozie, just go to the website, thelaptrafficpodcast.com. Fill out the contact page, and I will send them out for free. All right, Lap Traffic Nation, now's about the time where we'd be hearing from Brian Newdorf, but uh, I still have two more interviews for you guys. I've got our poll sitter, Nick Ockinger, who actually had the poll for the Carnomaly 500 event. He's back on the poll tomorrow night for the Blue Emu Firecracker 400. Uh, let's get Nick on the line. All right, Lap Traffic Nation, joining me on the line, making his second appearance on the Lap Traffic Podcast. He was your 2020 eNASCAR Coca-Cola Series iRacing champion. He had the poll for their Carnomaly. 500 event and he has qualified for the poll for the blue emu firecracker 400 welcome back to the show nick ottinger nick what's up man how are you i'm doing very good i'm looking forward to you know looking at these this firecracker 200 tonight to kind of get a good a good gist of you know how people are going to be racing how the car is going to be reacting in front and early in the pack so glad we got some time to at least see how how it'll race you know for us wednesday night absolutely all right well let's let's get important things out of the way first now you you did it in february and it resulted in a 40th place finish uh are we starting at the rear for the chance to win an extra twenty thousand dollars yes we are and my plan is to stay there for a little bit (laughs) (laughs) i don't want another repeat of the cardavoli event it's still a little bitter still a little bitter over that but i mean it's it's just racing it is racing and in any every facet and it's it's tough i mean you have all these these cars that are going more than 230 miles an hour and at the car anomaly event and it is what it is man you just you you make your own luck in racing and we just it wasn't our luck that race fair enough man i love the attitude because now you get a second crack at it uh talk a little bit about i mean no one's going to know better than you in terms of the difference of the style of cars from the carnomaly to the firecracker uh you know how big of an adjustment and is it in terms of setup wise and you know practice wise? i mean you 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 run these things all the time so talk a little bit about you know the difference and and your race prep for for this event yeah for the carnomaly event itself you had a lot of you know, you could really build for just raw speed, and you really didn't have to really consider the the variations of loading the loading the car up over the bumps like you would have the '87 car for the old Daytona style. So, I mean, it's it's still tough. I mean, every every car, I mean, in I race, and it's it's not it's not difficult to find find progress. It's difficult to find the ultimate progress of maximizing the potential of the car so you have to put a lot of time in. i've i've done that and i've put a lot of time and just uh, i mentioned it during the poll day this i love these events to hone my craft specifically for super speedway style testing because i mean at the end of the day like i want to better my competitive nature for setup building and that transfers into what I do for the Coke series. So anything I can find in an 87 car, you know, just driving wise, you know, it may just be a tendency of a, a foot tendency of changing my approach 
for making speed or something like that that i could could honestly just transfer over to the cup car our modern cup car and just make time but it it's it's tough i mean i I know i've alluded to it twice but it really is tough when you you go from one extreme to the other and then managing you know the schedules of trying to work on the coke series setups with unfortunately the timing of this event is right on you know for a road america race for us tomorrow so right after that tomorrow we'll be doing this firecracker 400 and you know i love being busy but it's hard to joggle you know both both testing phases sure no i I bet i bet uh any difference in level of competition can you is is it increased about the same from the carnomaly event to this event in terms of uh you know what you saw in the heat races you know qualifying you know is, is is everybody up their game is it pretty status quo i think everyone has up their game i think iRacing as a whole has gotten more competitive in recent years and since that carnomaly event i mean I think it was easier for people to drive the car anomaly prelims uh, compared to the 87. So, I mean, to that nature, the prelims, I felt were a little more competitive with the car anomaly event. But when you get to qualifying day, I think it's it definitely amped up uh, as far as the competition to bring the best that you can bring as far as just raw speed. And I mean, I think you've seen it from the first initial day of pole day when we got the pole compared to the second day people amped up and the you know they found you know they found extra speed whether it was track temp um or just the wind being in their favor or whatever it may be like they amped up their times and stuff like that so for this event uh with the firecracker 400 i think it's more competitive this year than it was last year and i think it's going to be shown especially for tonight in the firecracker 200 just on what what they're going to be doing on the setups to try to really manage tire wear and stuff like that. Because I mean, I think it's actually going to be a little bit of a challenge and keeping, keeping the tires to last on the right side. I love it. All right, man. Who's, who's on the car for you for the big event on Wednesday night? Yeah. So I have a, I've had a great partnership since last year in 2020 with Logitech G and I love, I love that brand a ton. I mean, they've given me the tools to perform in, in the Coke series themselves with their new Logitech G923 racing wheel. And that really, I mean, I don't want to tell, tell stuff short, but I mean, it really amped my competitive, you know, feel for what the car can actually, um, I can actually get out of the car, whether it's load points and stuff like that. And they've been, they've been great. I've had, I've got TSM, William Byron Esports, you know, I, that I represent in the Coke series, still on board with uh, just, trying to trying to put you know that brand out there all those brands out there to you know really to see how far we can push this sim racing thing as a whole too i love it man that's so cool it's exciting to watch these things it's exciting to see the level of intensity competition uh you know i talked with josh mendoza earlier tonight you know in terms of the race control side of things and it was just it's it's incredible you know everything that's replicated from the visual and audio side for from a driver and fan uh perspective is is replicated just like a real race control needs to be uh in in real life and it's incredible to see the technology in these things and, and how it's evolving, uh, and especially just from a popularity perspective from the casual fan, you know, because of the uh, Pro Series, you know, last year. Uh, and it, it's just been incredible to watch, man. Uh, listen, where can everybody follow the sponsors, you and all that good stuff for the race and on social media? 
Yeah, there's a couple of Twitch um, channels you probably can follow. You can follow TSM and just any player that you know you, you like watching other games and racing stuff. And I was lucky to you know be part of TSM, and they took a they, they definitely took their time and our time together to kind of put stuff that I'm kind of excited to announce soon. But I wish I, I wish I could, but um, I'm ready to get that going. And you can follow them, you know, their Twitch channel, TSM, their players. You can follow them on Twitter and stuff like that as well, just at TSM, and especially our partners, Logitech G. Um, they are really involved in sim racing as a whole they gotta they have their logitech g challenge that williams actually taking part in with actually lando norris so i'm excited i'm excited for that because i get the root for you know logitech g drivers but then on the other hand i get the root for my actual boss Baird william to try to you know tackle lando and pretty much put a whipping out of my open <laughs> but awesome. you know it's definitely great you know you guys can follow me at nick ottinger on twitter uh instagram same thing as well if you want to you know, search on that. I'm trying to use Instagram more, but I'm pretty interactive on Twitter and look to continue being interactive with it. Awesome, man. All right, Laugh Traffic Nation, there you have it, your poll sitter for Wednesday night's Blue Emu Firecracker 400. Nick Ockinger, good, uh, Nick, good luck from the back of the pack. Fingers crossed for you, and who knows, maybe we'll be talking to you next week celebrating a victory. I appreciate it, man. I like I like these events, and, you know, I'll be hanging out back there with Dale Jr., so it's kind of a win-win. I love it, man. All right, we'll catch you soon. Thank you, buddy. See ya. I mean, hey, you want to you wanna go race with Dale Jr., go on iRacing, qualify for the event, get the pole, and then you get to say you're going to race around with Dale Jr. I mean, that, that ain't a bad gig right there, that's for sure. Uh, all right, got one more for you guys, and this is a cool one. Josh Mendoza, who is in charge of race control for the big event, and it's just crazy how much uh, simulation, you know, we talk about it on the track and from a visual standpoint with the fans, but you're going to replicate all all that that means you got to replicate race control uh and here's a little inside look as to how race control for such a big event like the blue emu firecracker 400 is gonna go lamp traffic nation joining me on the line he's the guy behind the caution button this wednesday for the blue emu firecracker 400 so excited to get to talk to him welcome to the lap traffic podcast it's josh mendoza josh what's going on man how are you I'm doing good. I'm excited. Uh, it is race week here, um, which always comes with a bit of fun and a little more stress. But you know what? I'm looking forward to it. An amazing weekend so far and an amazing group of events that we've already had. Yeah, no, man, it's it's been incredible. Uh, so here, let's uh, let's give some of the listeners that are gonna that are listening a little bit of an inside thing here. Um, you know, so when I was with you guys and doing the Carnomaly 500, you know, after the races, like the in depth breakdown that you guys do from a w- what happened during the race, technology wise, broadcast wise. I, I mean, you guys, I think, stayed on the line talking to each other, debriefing, uh, which was a cool aspect just to kind of sit and be like the fly in the room to hear um man talk a little bit about you know the ins and outs of of being race control and you know being behind the scenes of such a big iRacing event it it is incredible most of the people probably out there who have never participated in an iRacing event just think we pop on we throw up a session that's just that's it that's it that's all we do but uh, it is weeks and months of planning each and every single one of these events. And then after every night, a breakdown of things that have happened, 
for me and, and Landon and Parker, a breakdown of any competition rules that might have been broken, whether or not we're going to be handing out, you know, disqualifications for stuff like that. And figuring out, you know, just overall what happened in the night prior so that going forward, we can notify the competitors of any changes to things they might see or deal with protests from competitors, which, you know, as as the race director, I get plenty of those uh, people not happy with things that have happened on track and figuring out, okay, well, did that follow our rule book or not? Um, Yeah. And everything that goes into putting on these events is insane. We have uh, a team of like 12 to 15 people working um, during these events uh, from the broadcast to I have two or three other race controllers that are also my eyes and ears on the track so I can see everything that's going on. Um, You know, helping me figure out what we can do better from each event to the next, the next, the next. Um, And it is insane in-depth uh, just an analysis breakdown end of each night and then a little bit of a meeting before each night to know what, what our plan is going forward. And uh, it's, it's crazy. You know, it, it really is. I mean, when, you know, and I've been talking about it since I've been doing these back in February uh, with, with eRacer and and uh, over the last couple of weeks with with the Firecracker event coming up. You know, just how replicated everything is, whether it's from you know a cloud in the sky on the track to a bump in the track uh, to the broadcast perspective and analysis between Landon Parker and uh, David to the pit race. I mean, everything is replicated. So when you look at it from that perspective, in terms of hey, everything visually and audio that a race fan would hear uh, from watching a real race to a virtual race the same is true from the behind the scenes perspective you know like you said you know it's not just you know setting up a session and boom there you go you know just like we've got race control at the track for a real race you guys are doing the exact same thing from a virtual perspective and i love the fact that everything needs to be taken care of like you know there's no skimping on one side or the other every if you're gonna go big you're gonna go big with this kind of stuff yeah, absolutely. And the competitors recognize that as well. It's uh, one of the things that makes this event uh, so special is I feel like we uh, we give the competitors every bit of information we can possible, um, whether it be us posting weather updates about what's happening on the track or, you know, breakdowns or having chats with them. Um, I really like to compare it for, for our F1 fans out there that uh, I'm kind of acting like Michael Massey for Formula One for their they're uh, the race controlling and race directing and allowing them at any time to talk with me. And then I'll go back with my race controllers and our competition people and figure out, you know, if they have questions, anything that might need to be um, pointed out or whether or not something breaks our rule book. That's awesome. All right. Well, so here's the big one that I that I have for you. Uh, you know, talk a little bit about what goes into what's classified as a caution and when the caution's going to get thrown. Because you know, watching the races and the the prelims uh, for in February for the Carnomaly event and, and now with the with the Blue Emu event, you know, it's it's always oh that should have been a caution or why wasn't that you know? And we have that same debate in real life. So talk a little bit about how you guys. Uh, make that make that call so one of the uh one of the fun things about sim racing is when an accident happens on track nobody actually gets hurt well hopefully nobody gets hurt (laughs) their sim rig might fall over i've seen that a couple of times um but for the most part nobody gets hurt so 
you don't have to worry about sending out um, any sort of ambulance or anything like that. So if it's a single car incident that goes off the track or is off the racing surface, we try to keep that as a not caution because it's it's that isn't a cautious state for the track. The entire field can make it through. Um, same with if there's like a two two or three car incident and it's the last two or three cars on the track, we'll try and give them every opportunity to get things pointed straight. Um, with the prelims, we're a little bit more. Um, you, we'll let more slide through the prelims because there is a lot more happening on track, and we're on a time frame. So we'll try and get things, you know, give people an extended opportunity to recover it, or an extended opportunity to let the incident develop to figure out whether or not it's going to be something that a blocks the track or b provides a um, unsafe condition for the rest of the field to drive through. And once we figure that out. We'll we'll go from there and you know plan that out. As far as the main events go, it's a little bit more of an aggressive, cautious approach. We want to um, we want to have stuff that you know if it's a two car incident and maybe not it's not blocking the track, we may throw it. But it all depends on kind of what the active state is on track. If the field is spread out, maybe we might throw something in for the back. But if it's all grouped together and two cars in the back spin out, we'll let that one slide. It's it's a very dynamic scenario, and that's why we um, we try to take every aspect into account. I got four you know people in my ears asking me, okay, you know, is this track blocked? Do I need to get things um, slowed down so that they'll have an opportunity to clear the track so that the field can come through and the pace car can make it through? It's all very dynamic, and every every little inch of the track is covered and we try to make sure you know where the field is at and get an idea of how that affects the rest of the people on track i love that man I, I, like i said I, I just love the involvement that's so cool um how'd you get hooked up with parker and landon how long you've been working with them and and what started that relationship so uh back when the pandemic began uh my buddy garrett was uh we had talked me and garrett about um doing live streams and when the pro invitational started um, this was, we talked before the pandemic started, we had everything planned out before the pandemic had started to have these live streams for him to help him build his brand. Um, so when the pandemic started and the pro invitational started, we, uh, we started doing live streams for, uh, for the pro invitational series. Our first one was for Homestead and the pro invitational. Um, and Garrett, we ended up getting like 4,000 or 5,000 viewers because people wanted to watch what it was like to be in the race, um, which as things went on, everybody had a live stream by the time the Pro Invitational ended during the pandemic. Um, but those included Landon and Parker. So I had helped them, you know, at some point with setting up the stream or giving them advice. Um, and then we had connected through running a virtual endurance race, the 24 hours of Nürburgring. Uh, it was um, Garrett, Landon, Parker, and a couple of other people who had uh we were running this uh, this endurance race and i was their uh team director so i was managing wh who was in the car and when since it was a legitimate 24 hours race you know i had to, there were people who had to run a 3 a.m stint and i had to be texting them at 2 a.m making sure or 2 30 a.m that they're awake and through that we met uh landed wanted to bring back the land and Ch castle qualifying challenge so i uh i helped him out with that he you know we we ended up doing great job on that event and he wanted to do this next event with parker so he brought me back on board for um, helping manage that event and it, the rest is history 
That's awesome. That's really cool. It's, it's nuts how, uh, you know, you just get to meet people. I love it. I mean, I never would have thought I'd be doing this. So, and, and here we are. Um, all right, man. Well, let's wrap it with this. Uh, what'd you think of Pocono this weekend? Did you get to take in any of that? I did. I, uh, I got to watch pretty much all the races. It was, uh, it was incredible. I think my favorite part about the Pocono, uh, doubleheader weekend was just how different both of the races were. Uh, you know, you go to the same track with almost all the same cars and you've gotten two completely different, you know, races going on where one was a fuel mileage. The other one was a, you know, it was just trying to see who was going to be able to get past somebody else at the end of the race. Um, you know, I just loved it and I cannot wait for, uh, more of those fuel mileage races. That was, that was absolutely edge of my seat. I cannot wait for more of those. Yeah, no, I, I agree completely. It, it was fantastic. Uh, back to back days. And like you said, to be at the same track and get such different races, uh, is incredible, you know, and it's matter of the cautions. When did those come out? You know, the inverted field with the strategy, there playing a little bit of a role. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was fantastic. I thought the race lengths were perfect, uh, for all the, well, I thought they were all perfect except for the truck race. I thought that was a little too short, but, um, you know, otherwise, uh, and the fact that they were able to get them all off without any weather issues, just a perfect weekend. So happy for the track, the fans and all that. It, it just really worked out. Yeah, it was incredible, especially to hear that their attendance was in super high and that the infield, uh, they had never sold more RV spaces for the infield. That was uh, that was awesome to hear. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Matt. Well, listen, plug the big event. Tell everybody where they can watch and follow along and where they can keep up with you at. Yeah, so if you want to uh, if you want to watch the event, uh, check us out on Twitch, uh, eracer. That's e r a c r underscore g g on Twitch. We'll be live uh, at eight p.m. Eastern, and uh, check us out on Twitter as well. Same e eracer underscore g g. Uh, and if you want to check me out on Twitter, uh, I'm at gamesons g a m e s y n s. Awesome, man. All right, Lap Traffic Nation, huge thanks to Josh, head of race control for Landon Castle, Parker Kligerman's E-Racer Series. Make sure you tune in tomorrow night for the Blue Emu Firecracker 400. Josh, great to talk to you. We'll talk to you soon, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yep. All right, Live Traffic Nation, take two. Joining me on the line helps to turn the mic button on. Uh, filling in for Mr. Brian Newdorf, who is stuck on a plane on his way back from Idaho. You can follow him on Twitter, at RaceWeather, making a guest appearance this week. It's Mr. Aaron Studwell, sir. Good evening. How are you? I am good. Thank you so much for that. Um, so what, what's been going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, business is good. Uh, things are looking up. We've just passed a year, and I'm actually being able to cash checks, excellent deposit checks, really. But yeah, no, it's uh, things are good, and we've got a new project, and we will let you know as soon as we uh, take a few new steps. And it'll be Michigan football related. It'll be NASCAR related. It is the best of both worlds. That's fantastic. Uh, I'm excited for football. My Lions season ticket rep called me yesterday to introduce herself because I have a new one, uh, and I'm just like I'm excited to go watch football, even if it is the Lions. So uh, I'm ready. Yeah, and you know, like they used to say, they do play good teams. So yes, and you got you, you got a new quarterback, so that may may we'll, turn the tide, or we'll, we'll see what happens. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, man, what'd you think of Pocono? Uh, I'm going to agree with Bob Pockers, and I'm not sure if you saw his video for a fuel mileage race. I actually enjoyed it. I, I was kind of on the edge of my seat. Yeah. No, I and thought it then, was great. 
Yeah, and then you could almost literally go lap down for uh, Larson on Saturday's oh race. Oh, God. A lot of people did. Yeah. <laughs> Most... I, I think I actually, I actually exhaled, yelled something, and stood up, which was almost like being at the track. But, yeah, I just was stunned. I'm yeah. glad he wasn't my pick, but. <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah, that, that wasn't a great weekend for picks. No. Well, it was okay weekend for picks. It's yes. okay. Uh, any plans for the fourth? No, I mean, just a lot of racing. I mean, we got the uh, Xfinity race on Saturday. We've got the Cup race Sunday, F1 Sunday morning. Um, I might go to like friend, like go to friends for a picnic or something. I don't know where the fire Just having moved here, I'm not sure where all the fireworks are. But, you know, I think I'm just going to let myself exhale a little bit. Nothing wrong with that. My boss is going to let me take my foot off the gas a little cool. bit. Cool. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. I wonder who that guy is. I, you know what? He can be a real jerk at times, but other times he still he can deal with them. I love it. I love it. Uh, all right, man. Well, like you said, we only got the Xfinity and Cup race for NASCAR this weekend. How are we looking? Uh, a lot better than the weekend. That early weekend forecast we do on Patreon. Uh, the models have come into a line, come into line, and we're actually going to go from Wisconsin spring to Wisconsin summer in the in the scope of two days. Because with Xfinity practice on Friday, mostly sunny skies, high of seventy two, morning low of fifty two. Saturday's going to be your transition day with partly cloudy skies, high of eighty one low of 55 so it's kind of real close to normal temperatures sunday happy fourth of july mostly sunny skies a high of 90 Ooh, scorcher scorcher yes <laughs> so i think right. for your experience race fans we go back to the one-to-one ratio there we go yep and your rookies two to one yes Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you flying in here for a minute. I appreciate you as always. Have a great 4th of July, everybody. Make sure you keep it up with Aaron Studwell on Twitter at RaceWeather and Brian Newdorf at NASCAR underscore WXMAN. Sir, great to catch up with you. And I talked and Newdorf said, let him do next week, too. So we'll have you back next week, three weeks in a row of Aaron Studwell. Hey, it's, uh, too much is never enough. That's right. I love it. All right, okay. All right man. We'll catch you soon. You will. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. All right, Lap Traffic Nation, great to catch up with Brian. And now you guys know what time it is. It's time for this week's Lucky Dog and Lap Down Picks. You guys know the drill. After race weekend, tweet your picks, and I will read them, tag you guys after the show, all that good stuff. Uh, so pumped uh, just because, for once, my lucky dog this week isn't Kyle Larson, but... It is HMS, and I'm also throwing in Joe Gibbs Racing. Uh, it almost was Larson for, I think, about the fifth or sixth week in a row until uh, that final lap tire failure. Man, that's just got to be heart-wrenching to lose one like that. Uh, so uh, just throwing it down one column and or one row and moving my lap down uh, for Ky- or giving my lap down to Kyle Larson this week. Uh, all right. Let's get to your tweeted responses. Scott, at 1985 Wagner's Lucky Dog before turn three last lap. Lucky Dog, my lap traffic fantasy, two for two. After turn three, last lap, Lucky Dog, Alex Bowman, and lap down, Chase Elliott problems before the start. Uh, Scott's uh, picks for race number two, Lucky Dog tie between Kyle Busch. uh, One speed transmission and fuel saving, and William Byron passing Martin Truex Jr. to stay on the lead lap. Lap down. 
around Chase Elliott. Not a good day. Flat, flat again. Uh, Jeff at JBev1789. Lucky dog seeing Alex Bowman winning at Pocono was so awesome. Three wins this year. Never saw that coming at all and loving it. Lap down my lap traffic fantasy picks. Kyle Larson having a flat tire and being the reason I got to see Bowman win. Uh, Lucky dog. Kyle Busch. That car sounded sick trying to get through the gears coming off pit road, but way to play strategy out. Lap down Cole Custer. Rough, rough weekend at Pocono. Uh, and Brian at Storm and B81. Lucky dog. How about Bubba with a top five? Lap down fans who think the races were bad this weekend. LOL. Uh, Jess at Iowa NASCAR fan. A lucky dog is going to. Chandler Smith, crazy Arca save. Bowman steals another one, and broken clutch proves to be the difference for Kyle. Uh, lap down Larson tire blows his chance at the win. Byron's team didn't tell him to save enough soon enough, and Justin Haley's hard hit and misses the cup race. Yeah, that was crazy there, man. Uh, Rowdy at the Rowdy Dragon. Lucky dog for the weekend is the 18 Kyle Busch taking a broken car to victory lane. Lap down the five of Kyle Larson from the winning position to breaking on the last corner. Uh, let's see. Jeremy at Living Room War Ragon. Lucky Dog is B-Dubs. First top five for him in this season and for 23 excise racing. Uh, lap down. Hamlin. Fuel mileage failure. Yes, it was. Hurt my fantasy pick. That's for sure. Uh, Kristen at K Hoglin 79. Lucky Dog Kyle Bush for being ready to call it quits and ending up in victory lane. A lap down to Denny Hamlin for not making it on fuel. Still looking for a win. Uh, Colin at Colin underscore with underscore cars. Uh, lucky Dog race one. Alex Bowman for being the luckiest guy on the track. A lap down to Kyle Larson's tire. Man, oh man, I was hoping to see the streak continue. Uh, Colin's picks for race two. Lucky Dog going to 23XI for getting their first top five and 10 of the season in the same race a lot down for the xfinity cars being faster than the cup cars again this weekend i want 200 mile per hour cup cars back you and me both man uh mick echo ducks 42 underscore mick lucky dog kyle bush saved the perfect amount while stuck in fourth gear lap down watermelon man bad weekend both races uh matthew at ch9 se fan lucky dog double header i'm doubling my picks lap down johnny Sauter, Stuart Friesen. uh thoughts on how much longer you think JS races for. I say he's getting close to being done each week. Lucky Dog is going to Ryan Blaney, back-to-back top tens, and Bubba for a well-earned top five. To uh, to answer your your comments there, I mean, you know, for me, if, if it was me, you know, who wants to go out like that, you know? Uh, so if I'm Johnny Sauter, man, I want to have at least one more salvageable season with a couple wins. Like, I don't want my last two years uh, to be like that, you know? So I'd like to say I wouldn't be surprised he comes back at least one more season how that year is and then maybe goes from there um Carson at Carson Haglin, Lucky Dog Saturday. Lucky Dog Bowman putting himself in position to capitalize on crazy luck. Lap down Saturday, Kyle Larson fans. Sunday picks, Lucky Dog Bubba Wallace getting a top five. Lap down, Denny leading off turn three, seeing the white flag and finishing 14th. Yep, that'll happen. Uh, Janet at Froggy 16, Lucky Dog pretty obvious. Kyle and crew for never giving up, even stuck in fourth gear. Lap down, Johnny Sauter can't buy a good finish. Uh, And last but not least or no i think we got two more chris at usmc underscore nascar fire lucky dog bowman right place right time hate to say it but kyle f and bush and the 18 team for never giving up lap down ty gibbs for the bs block on chandler smith in the arca race and my cable for going out an hour just before the stage three start in the xfinity race 
Now, last but not least, John at racing underscore 64. Lucky dog Kyle Bush uh, from a trans failure to victory lane and then lap down a Larson flat tire. Uh, all right. Those are your picks. Uh, loved them this week. Just fantastic. Can't wait to see what you guys have for after the 4th of July. All right, Lap Traffic Nation, let's close this thing out with a little Lap Traffic Fantasy. Just a reminder, get your picks in by 5 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on Thursday. Check the website if you need to see who you still have available for Segment 2. And keep the Twitter interaction up using hashtag Lap Oh, LT Fantasy. All right, there we go. Uh, let's see. We got seven cup races to go in Segment 2. Uh, let's get this week's week high by herself. Kicked ass. Welcome back to the Lat Traffic Podcast. You can follow on Twitter at KJ130088. It's Kim James. Kim, what's up? Hey, Brandon. I'm doing really great. How are you doing? Thanks am, for having me on the show. Uh, of course. Uh, welcome back. Glad to have you back. Um, any plans for the 4th of July? Uh, you know, <laughs> I was actually just kind of going through all of that. We've got some baseball games scheduled. We're big Cincinnati Reds fans. So we'll, awesome. um, yeah, so we'll go to a couple of those games and then there's some local fireworks, um, in the area. So we'll probably, you know, take those in, but yeah, that's probably about it. Maybe cook out or something. Excellent. How about you? Oh, excellent. Love it. Uh, we're, we're doing a big bash. It's always been like the biggest party of the year that the wife and I throw and uh, nice. we're excited to, to be able to do it in it's, in it's normal form this year. So, uh, the smoke, yes. all that good stuff. I'm, I'm yes. yes, good for, yeah, yeah, that's true. Everybody can start getting back to normal normal now Absolutely. yeah yes uh what'd you think of pocono um it was interesting um you mentioned my points um i was all in on the yodas this week and i am not a toyota fan by any stretch of the imagination um but just looking at history and everything you know that's kind of where everything took me um and and i was all in on them i didn't get to watch much of the saturday cup race um but i did catch most of the of the cup race on sunday um i had i had kyle bush and it killed me <laughs> to take <laughs> kyle bush because i am not a kyle bush fan but um, it, it picked you up some bonus points i know right yes so um and then you know when he when he started having transmission problems i thought oh great because if you look at my points i have not done well this year at all um so it was like oh just my luck you know somebody that you know i i take and then he starts having transmission problems but um you know they got it they got it resolved um you know fortunately there weren't any late race restarts um you know so he didn't have to worry about that too much and then you know with the pit strategies everybody started running out of gas and i'm texting my son and it's like this is the only time you'll you will hear me rooting for kyle bush because <laughs> i just don't do it but yeah um i was i was happy to see that he won i picked up like you said i picked up those bonus points and um yeah it, it was an interesting race you know pocono's not my favorite um but but it was fun it was fun and having you know having those four races in a weekend like that that just it just makes for a you know just for a good solid nascar weekend right absolutely absolutely i'm with you uh you know looking at the points you know the max points anybody could have scored was 202 uh and you scored 186 so i mean damn near perfect which is awesome uh you're sitting 30th in the overall standings 39th segment two uh still seven weeks to be able to pick up spots which is going to be able to happen as uh 
as as you know the available picks start to dwindle down here. So there's still mm-hmm. room picks to be made. Uh, I finished with 179. Uh, I rebounded a few spots, which is good. So uh, let's hit the top ten here in segment two. In first with 777, Jess Rose. In second with 775, Jeff Beaven. Kristen Hogland in third with 765. Matthew Miles in fourth with 763. With 760 is Glenn Atkins. Pete Curvin in sixth with 756. John Etwinsel all the way in Australia in seventh with 750. Joseph Scampino in eighth with 746. David Mullins and Joe Hewson in ninth with 744. And Chad Robb and Danny Litwin with 742. So we're only talking uh, around a 30-point swing from first to 10th. So it's still anybody's game for segment two. Bonus points. Henry Fletcher's sitting there with nine. John Etwinsel with eight. Uh, Carson and Eric Souter with six. Uh, and then we got Jumpy Bob, Brad Carnes, Eddie Greer, Fred LeClaire, Glenn Atkins, Joseph Scampino, our guest caller this week, Kim James, Stephanie Holler, and Stephen from DFS NASCAR, all with five. So the bonus points are adding up for people. And then the cumulative standings in first with 1950 is John Etwinsel. In second with 1946 is Fred LeClaire. In in third, 1921, Jess Rose. In fourth is Jeff Beaven with 1920. Pete Curvin's coming in at fifth. Glenn Atkins in sixth. I moved back up to seventh. Brad Carnes in eighth. Joe Hewson in ninth. Josh Neal in tenth with 1858. Uh, Carson Haglin, David Mullins, Stephen Florence, Chad Robb, Michael from Blind Spot, and Charles Lepore wrapping out the top 16. And that's, you know, pretty wide open there, too. So lots of movement to be had. Uh, Kim, what do you say? You ready to make some picks for Road yeah. America? Yeah, let's do it. All right, Lap Traffic Fantasy players, we are headed to ring in the 4th of July in America's heartland. We're headed to Road America. Cup Series ran there one time back in 1956, thanks to Andrew Kansian for that trivia knowledge. Uh, so I'm guessing there aren't too many notebooks left in the Cup Series from that race. Uh, will we see the usual road course guys like Martin Truex Jr., Denny Hamlin, and Chase Elliott up front? Probably. Question is, do do you guys have them available for your picks? Uh, Let's see here. Will Austin Sendrick continue his dominance in the Xfinity Series? Or will the Gator or maybe A.J. Allmendinger have something for him this weekend? Who picks up the checkers on our nation's birthday? Who will make up some ground in the league? We'll find out this weekend. But first, it's time for our picks. Kim, we'll start with you. No truck race this week, so we'll move right over to the Xfinity Series. Who are you rolling with this weekend? All right. Well, you mentioned the two um, that I'm uh, that I'm thinking about taking, and like I said, this is subject to change. Um, you know, I've got Cendric on my list. You can't you can't not think about Cendric, but on a road course, you also have to think about Almondinger. So right now, um, I think. Uh, my pick is going to be Almondinger, Almondinger for the Xfinity. Yep. I like it. That's my pick as well. So whether that sways your decision on who you go with, but AJ Almondinger <laughs> is my pick as well for Saturday. So uh, I'll just give you more to contemplate there. <laughs> there you go. Over to the Cup Series. Who do you have for the Cup race at Road America? Well, I was I was thinking about Truax, and then I got to looking at, at my picks, and he's not left. I don't have him left anymore. I've already, already used him. Um, I'm saving Chase Elliott, um, but I'm not going to use him for Road America. Um, I, I I think I'm still going. I'm going to hang on the Larson bandwagon. Um, I think I'm going to I think I'm going to stay with Larson for um, the Cup pick. That's safe. Uh, I am going to go with Martin Truex Jr. I do have him left, and I still have Chase in the bank as well. So Martin Truex Jr. is my pick for this weekend. Um, Kim, 
Great to talk to you. Congrats on the week high. Hope to see you moving up the standings and hope you have a great 4th of July. Thank you. You too, Brandon. All right. We'll talk to you later. All right, Lap Traffic Nation, that is going to do it for episode 248 of the Lap Traffic Podcast. Make sure you check out the website, thelaptrafficpodcast.com, Twitter, at LapTrafficPC. Huge thanks to Parker Kligerman, Landon Hoffman, Josh Mendoza, Nick Ockinger, Kim James, and Aaron Studwell for calling in. We'll get somebody lined up for next week. Have a great 4th of July. Don't get caught chasing the lucky dog. Make sure you tune in each and every week to the Lap Traffic Podcast. See ya.